Warning, this podcast contains sexual content, graphic language, and bodily functions. Get over it. I'm Heather Ann Gottlieb, and this is Dirty Girl, the podcast about women and our secretly disgusting lives. Because there's more than one way to get dirty. Happy Pride Month, everyone. We're thinking a lot about gender and sexuality these days, and I'm here to say that I'm on the spectrum. I think we're all on the spectrum a little bit. Uh, I, I identify as mostly straight, mostly cis, you know, but I'm definitely on the spectrum. And that's something we want to delve into, all about gender and sex this week. I spoke to M about their gender, their coming out, their pronouns, and I spoke to Jerry about finding her young. That's what the podcast is called, Finding Her Young. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. My name is M. Westheimer. Could we talk a little bit about your pronouns and oh, about yes. all that amazing stuff? Sure. I use they, them pronouns pretty exclusively. Have you had trouble with getting... I know that's a big... <laughs> like, getting people to use those pronouns, I, yeah. I've i heard, is very difficult. Def. <laughs> Def. Um, my like standpoint at this point is that if my 99-year-old grandmother can do it, then anybody can, so I don't take excuses. But I also, like, me and my friend who, like, I basically don't know anybody who doesn't use they-them pronouns at this point. Like, I, like, can, like, go weeks without, like, seeing somebody who isn't, like, on my team or whatever. And so it just becomes, like, natural to use it for everybody, like, for us. And that's, like, what people say in retrospect like at first they're like oh this is so hard like I can't do it like this is really hard you're gonna have to bear with me you're gonna have to bear with me you're gonna have to bear with me like like I'm sorry if I fuck up like I'm so sorry and I'm like bitch the clock's running like (laughs) like we only have four minutes to save the world I'm like (laughs) we're doing this Madonna like sit down um but yeah, and then like a month later, they'll be like, oh my God, it's the craziest thing. I just use they, them pronouns for everyone now. And I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, it's kind of a bitch. But like, also I have like multiple tactics. Like I have like the like grammatical explanation, which is about plurals and singulars and how what we consider in the English language to be a plural and singular has always been really fluid. Like how you is plural, like, y'all, but, like, you is plural, and how, like, she wasn't even a pronoun until, like, at all, until, like, 15, 11. So I have, like, that to pull out of the bag. Is for, that like, true? Yeah, facts. Wow. Um, like, it was just, like, he and then they. Like, so because women weren't, like... They're not people. Use, yeah, they didn't count for pronouns. Like, they didn't get one. That's fascinating. Pronoun is, like, respect, thing, you know. yeah. Identifying someone's humanity or something. I'm so excited. You're teaching me so much. <laughs> yeah, wow. and like people used to say you as singular regularly. That was normal. And we as singular regularly. Or you as plural and we as singular. Like we as in one person. That's always happened. Is this English specifically? Yeah. Wow. That's been in the English, like whatever. And you know, and then for the uh, for the new people, it's like they's in the dictionary now, bitch. Like, is it? Yeah, they. It's it's there as a gender neutral pronoun now. I love that. Yeah, 
so it's like official in a dictionary, not the you know whatever. When did that? When did that happen? Oh, uh, like a year ago. I want to say oh, so recently. Like, yeah, very recently. Okay. Super recently. For a second, I'm okay. That's okay. But it's also like at the same time that like now there's like professors being like fired and stuff for like not using correct pronouns, and that creates vitriol. <laughs> yeah, I feel like because you're a comedian and you're funny, you use humor to make people do it. <laughs> to, to get the to get it. I never really thought about that. Um, I guess I use humor to like get a point across. Because if I can make someone identify with it and, like, laugh with it and give them, like, a reference for them from their own personal life and also, like, de-escalate any tension. So I guess if I had to think about it, then, like, yeah, there's definitely some people that I do that with. But a lot of people, it's very, like, see, it has to be very serious and official. Like, I have to, like, go into the spiel about, like, grammar and English language and fluidity and how, like, lang- like part of the, the richness of each culture is that language it changes based on, like, what new situations arise in society. So, actually, I'm the pinnacle of evolution. And, um, <laughs> and I'm better than you. Did, did Respect you see- me, bitches. <laughs> did you see Taylor Mac? When uh, they no, came. I'm so mad. I heard it was so good. Did you? I had to sell my ticket because I had a show. Um, but did you but go to the Fourth of July? I went to the uh, the one the the 24 hour one. I went to a six hour. Oh my jump. god! And uh, they say something so similar to what you just said, and I was like, Oh my god, Taylor Mac is so good. Um, I'll take it. I haven't seen Taylor Mac in person. I'm so sad about it. I need to. Coming back, apparently, yeah. in December of ne- uh, 2019. I want 20. us to be friends. Like, I don't want to go to the show. I want me and Taylor Mac to be friends. That's... <laughs> Immediately. My goal, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Virginia. I went to college in Ohio. So, okay, so uh, freshman year of college yeah. is when you started using First year of college. That's, like, when I, like, was able to start using them, you know? Like, before that, I don't think I would have gotten anywhere with anyone. And I... Uh, my parents capitulated my sophomore year of college. Uh, they, they broke and began to use my pronoun, correct pronouns. Lovely, lovely developments. Um, and my granny also uses my correct pronouns. She fucks up, like, sometimes. But, yeah, she still uses my correct pronouns. So every time someone's like, well, I'm, you know, I was born in, you know, the 30s. So, like, I don't know if I can change. I'm like, my grandma's 99. And, like, she made me be sharp, sharpest attack from, like, good medical care. But, like, also. You said it was, you could, it was the first time you could use those pronouns? Yeah. What, what do you mean by that? Oh, well, just, like, growing up in Virginia. Okay, well, I feel like a lot of, like, transness is about, like, options. Like, it's about. Like, whether somebody somebody can't consider a part of their life that they know isn't an option. Or they can't consider being something that they know just isn't an option. Um, you know, which is, like, why people are like, oh, I'll move to the big city because that is an option. Like, that's a real option. It's a big, scary option, but it's a real option. And then they move to the big city and then they realize that they have other options. So, um, with a lot of things, whether it's hormones, whether it's a name change, you know, if you're sitting around a dinner table and you know that nobody at the dinner table has a vocabulary for how you're going to explain you changing your name or changing your pronouns, then it's not an option. And a lot of people just don't think about it. You know, it just, it does, it, there's, it does, it doesn't 
they wouldn't consider why someone would think about it because it's not an option to them and their family. Prior to going to school, it just like wasn't an option. There was no way that I could convince anybody at school to utilize that. But with my parents in particular, they are, um, if you can come up with an argument that sounds super rational to them, like then like they're with it and they like respect it. So like that's where I came, that's why I did all this study and research into grammar and and then I was like, literally, like, you are the only people in my life who don't use they, them pronouns as the thing. And that was like a convincing statement as well, that it's like, I have an entire, more people know me as this name and as this pronoun than know me as the name that y'all are like so attached to. So it's like, let it go, let it go. And I'm really grateful that I had an option that I felt like I could kind of bully my parents into like accept baseline acceptance of my identity. Um, because other than a lot of people don't have that option, so that suck. That's a really helpful explanation. Thank you. Yeah, of course. The whole, like, black and white, I guess, division of, like, before, I guess, it was, like, cis and trans, and now it's, like, cis, trans, and non-binary, and it's, like, you have to, like, utilize a word for your gender, um, because otherwise you're not, like conceivable to other people like people don't know how to act you don't know how to treat you um and don't like buy into the fact that it's a thing but that's one of the things that's convinced or like compelling to me is the theory of like options is that like a lot of people who are in certain areas aren't going to transition and aren't going to think of themselves in a certain way they might not think of themselves as a woman or they might think of themselves as a woman and also think of themselves as a man they might just use the word like they might just say I'm a transgender like even though that's like you know considered grammatically incorrect in like the super liberal arts community like that's like words people use for themselves you know um in Brazil, they have the Travis Chi, which is, like, uh, an entire different group of people that I have, like, that, like, actually don't like people who identify as transsexuals, <laughs> but, like, they utilize hormones. They just, like, are not planning on getting a vaginoplasty, which, like, in the United States might be considered non-binary, but they would never be able to convince the people in their circle to use non-binary pronouns because that's not the world that they live in. So they have their own little thing and their own little word and they use she, her pronouns predominantly. And it's just like, like all of this stuff is people's like opinions. Like everybody has this idea of what gender is in their head and that's like the truth to them. But everyone has a totally different, totally different conception of it. Fascinating. It's so interesting. Oh my gosh. Gender is a mess. <laughs> so I also do drag mm -hmm. and in drag everyone's she, her, like, and I can't explain being non-binary, like... Like, I'll say I'm non-binary, and now people are kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever, like, cool, cool. But, like, no one in the drag community would probably utilize my quote-unquote correct pronouns out of drag, which is partially because they know me more in drag, you know, and everyone uses she, her. But even if you're out of drag, like, it's like, oh, that's my sister, Victoria. You wouldn't say that's John, like, mm -hmm. although I do. <laughs> But that's, like, more of a shady thing. Like, yeah. you're like he does that. <laughs> it's kind of transphobic, but... I've had, I've had surgery on my face, and a lot of people don't, like, are like, oh, blah, blah, like, if you're not, like, choose one or the other, like, in surgery and blah, blah, blah. And I had to have she, her pronouns in my letters for electrolysis, too. I had to instruct my therapist on whatever to use she, her pronouns, because, like, medically, they, them is, like, not... A reality, even though like intersex people 
have been around for yeah and I saw ever. yeah I saw it's just like last week I think New York passed the thing that said there's not the gender marker on birth certificates so yeah, like yeah yeah and I think maybe California did that or something maybe not maybe. I don't I don't, maybe not but I know that that's happening now Australia I think did it which mm-hmm. is really exciting yeah I'm pumped for that because that would make my interactions with the law so much easier Ooh, yeah, so much less that. scary. Well, it's just, like, scary, you know? Like, I'm white, so... And, like, I feel like I quote-unquote pass, like, hate that term, but as long as we're there, um, everybody knows what I mean. So, for the most part, and, like, I, you know, look like I've showered and, like, look like I, you know, like I have a home and things like that. So, for the most part, my interactions with police have been good, but it's always scary, you know? It's always scary that, like, somebody who is in a certain field, I make assumptions about their political predilections or their, their background, um, and they're in control of this situation. Like, they're in complete control, and I'm completely powerless. At the end of the day, the worst thing that I can think of is being sent to a male prison. That's the worst pot. That's, like, my worst nightmare. I mean, it's not my worst nightmare. I have worst nightmares. <laughs> That's a woo, but yeah, that's a big one. That is a big one, yeah. Yeah, prison and church, two places I don't want to be. A church in a prison. Yeah, chapel. Ironically enough, if I was in prison, the chapel would probably be where I would spend most of my time. Yeah, but. Los Angeles, did you know we have a live show coming up? Oh my gosh, we do. You can see us live June 23rd at 1.30 p.m. at the Downtown Independent. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, we're performing at Rom-Com Fest, the inaugural festival celebrating rom-coms. And we're going to be there celebrating being dirty and rom-coms. It's so exciting. Uh, Tickets are on sale now at romcomfest.com. So, uh... I'll see you there. I'll smell you there. Well, let's queef there together in harmony. A musical of queef. I had a threesome for the first time. Tell um, me about it. It was incredible. It was so great. It was so great because I trusted the the woman I was with was I was like a good friend and um we we fucked up a couple of times and so I felt really comfortable with her and then this guy she knew so he came into the situation and all I wanted for it was like this like a lot of levity because I was like if we take this super seriously I'm not going to be able to move through it because I feel uncomfortable so my friend and I watched porn before he came because I couldn't visualize how sex with three people works so I had to get like a visualization of like where bodies and mouths and parts and stuff happen because um I'm neurotic like that and um yeah, and so it just, like, had so much levity within it, and there was, and this is where communication I found was so interesting, was, like, there was so much communication, it was so hot, because, like, all of us were expressing our needs, and, like, telling what we liked and what didn't like, and what was amazing is, like, when you ask for something, which I had never really experienced before, having somebody do it to the full extent to which you are satisfied, and that was, like, a gift that 
I hadn't really experienced like in certain ways like orally or whatever but like in in other things that I asked for I actually got my needs met and that was cool um and that was like a unique experience but it was really fun and we laughed the whole time we didn't laugh the whole time but like yeah it was great (laughs) I'm so excited for you (laughs) thank you so much that's so great that it's like hot to express your needs and get them met it's so hot I love that like people like I didn't realize like I was having such silent sex like uh, you know like with my ex we had the most amazing physical chemistry but it was and we joked a lot but it what we weren't we weren't communicating about our needs or what we wanted or what we liked. Like, sometimes we would do dirty talk, but I was relatively uncomfortable with it, and so I think he was uncomfortable. And so being with people who feel very comfortable in their bodies, expressing what they want, and, like, giving somebody else what they want is so, I I, I mean, the only thing to do. (laughs) I feel like I've never seen... From from my idea of what sex is, learning through like pop culture, mm-hmm. you you don't see a steamy sex scene where they're saying this is what I want and they're actually communicating. Yeah, it's all silent and with you're supposed work. to know what the other person is thinking. It's a mind reading. Yeah. yeah, and if the other person doesn't know, they're not the one. They're not like the thing that you're not. You don't have the ultimate connection because your bodies don't just like feel each other and know. Yeah, or as a teen, like, oh, if they don't know, then they're bad at sex. Like, yeah. they're bad in bed. Right. Which is it's like... like, if you don't tell them, or you don't know, right? Like, you haven't done the work on your own body or masturbating to understand where it feels good or where it doesn't feel good or what you like, then how can you possibly communicate that with somebody else? I went to a sex party, and um, I saw a ton of orgies, and the first one was, like, so shocking, right? Because you're told that you're, like, we're not supposed to have group sex and we're not animals and, and all of these ridiculous things. And so, you know, after the first or second one, I was like, oh, we're just bodies, like, rolling around wanting to be touched and connected with and loved and, like, that's okay. <laughs> like, like that, like, our natural primal desire is okay, And we try to say that it's not. And we try to say that, like, our curiosity and our interest in the same gender or agender people or, like, our definitions of people are so rigid because what I found for myself was, like, I had to define other people so that I wouldn't have to deal with what was going on in myself. If I understood somebody else and their choices, then I wouldn't have to deal with my grayness inside or my ambiguity or my, like, potential interest in women or, you know, whatever. And, you know, it turns out, like, I don't really want to, I don't want to be in a relationship with a woman. I like a woman when there's, like, a man around. So, But I would never have known that if I had never had an experience and, like, women are gorgeous and their bodies are amazing and so, like, they're fun to play with too and it doesn't have, but, and that also doesn't have to mean anything about me. Like, it doesn't have to change, right? Like, nothing, I didn't, like, grow horns and, like, radically shift, you know what I mean? Like, I'm still the same person who still gets to walk through the world and, like, now I can just resonate a little bit more authentically. So I think that's been, like, a really big takeaway and a new, a huge mission for me now is, like, to to spread more of what's happening 
for people behind closed doors so that other people aren't others, especially like people who don't identify in the same way that we are or don't practice sex in the same way that we do. Like they're not the other. They are expressing it in a way that makes them happy and fulfilled and like feels good in their body and that that's okay and that also gives you permission to feel and explore and do whatever feels comfortable in your body as well can you tell me about the sex party (laughs) yeah just like opening the door what did you see what were the feelings were you nervous was it exciting I was super nervous so I went with my female friends and on the way there we were in an uber with a a woman who was talking like very religiously and about something um, that gave us the impression she was incredibly conservative and obviously had no idea where she was taking us. So it was super ironic. So as she's talking and like, I think she was saying something negative about like her previous ride or something like that and like something lewd that they were doing. So as she's saying that, we're texting in the back and like for the first time, we're having this conversation where she was like, what are your boundaries? Because usually people who go to sex parties like hook up with each other and like that hadn't occurred to me. And so I was like, I was like, okay, I'm open to whatever happens like my goal going into this was not to have sex or you know whatever but was to literally just be open to whatever I wanted to do and I felt and then not have shame around the choice that I made and so we walked in and um there's like a door and you have to like put your stuff away and then you like check your alcohol because you can like you bring your own and they'll pour it for you and stuff Um, And then we walk into, like, this big space, and it felt like it was a space that was also used for, like, church parties or something like that, which I get a hoot out of, just thinking, like, who also communes in this (laughs) area. Um, Is it, like, a warehouse, or what is it? I was, like, um... And I don't know how to describe it. It was it, like, no, it wasn't a warehouse. There was like one big main room, but there was like a pool table and there was like a pole and stuff and like a dance floor. And then there were lockers. And then there was like this room in the back that was darker that had um, these like really elongated couches that were almost like bed type things. And then in the back, you had to leave your your alcohol and then you could go downstairs and downstairs there was like these sort of rooms with beds that had um like doors where you could see in if you wanted to and um there were like different and then like some bigger couches and stuff like that and like people that's like where orgies and stuff were happening I probably maybe upstairs too but that was like where like more of the sex that was happening so did you have sex Oh, well, I hooked up with my friend. We did, yeah, we did have sex, but I didn't do anything with anybody else. Yeah. It didn't, yeah, it was, this party was, I think, a little atypical from, like, I'd like to go to a different one. Usually, I don't know about usually, but ones that I've heard of where I would, like, I would feel more comfortable going is there are very specific boundaries that are set up. So, this was a swinger party, so you had to come in a couple, um, single males can't go on their own um and in some situations like you have to have permission to go approach somebody else you can only approach as a couple not as an individual um there's like an icebreaker game sometimes or there's a discussion of boundaries or um like communication is 
is theoretically like very prided in these situations and in this particular event I didn't feel like that was the case and neither did my friend who had been to one before um so in a situation like that it might I would I might be a little bit more open to it like the yeah there, there just wasn't as much communication here and there wasn't as many like some of them I think there are different rooms too like burlesque or BDSM or like etc and that would be fun too because then you get to explore like different areas how so how did you spend your time were you just walking around like watching people you said you walked in you were like oh yeah yeah I watched a lot of different things was it sexy or was it confusing or was it all of it yeah it was all of it it was it was interesting like um the people I wasn't particularly attracted to the people that were there it was like an older crowd um so it was more just like observing human beings. Like I, it was, like I said, like my biggest takeaway from it was like, we are animals that like, this is like the most primal state that we operate in. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it is sexy watching people. There's so much confidence around it, I guess. Like even if you don't think that people are attractive or, or, you know, like, just seeing people do what they want to do in a space that's relatively public is sexy and cool and weird and, you know, like, it brings up all the feels. How many people were there? Hmm. Maybe, it wasn't a huge crowd. Maybe, like, 50, 70, 50? 50's not huge? Well, it was a big space. That so feels like so it didn't like so look many. like a lot. <laughs> maybe. I feel like maybe 50's it was a lot. <laughs> maybe it was less, I don't know. Um, but I also don't know anything about these parties, so <laughs> maybe that's, like, so small. So small. I mean, wow. it was a big space, so it wasn't full. Yeah. Yeah. How long did you stay? A while. We got there very early, and then we left at, like, 5. A.M.? Yeah. So I think we got there, like, 11. So we were there for quite a while. Yeah, we had some interesting, some woman with huge boobs, like, basically stuck them in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Do, like, are okay. you are you clothed? Is everyone naked? Is everyone in lingerie? You can wear whatever you want. Essentially, it was there was a theme, fire and ice. So, oh, like Game of Thrones themed? <laughs> no, I'm so interested in this. Uh-huh. This is so bizarre. Yeah, and it's not bizarre. I it's just bizarre to my ears. Yeah. Um. Well, and the thing is, is like I didn't even know these things existed at all. Your friend who had gone to others before mm-hmm. how many had she gone to one just one yeah and how do you like is there like a facebook group how do you find out about them if it's invite only swinger style like how well there's one... different kinds right so there's like bdsm specific ones there's swinger parties there's queer parties there's um so many other ones so you can look online <laughs> uh, i think if you just look at sex parties and you have to be a member um and then there's a particular group on Facebook that this amazing woman started, um, which sort of got my friend into this whole community and, and, and me too. Not into the sex party community, but just into like a self-actualization and, and sexual awakening. Um, but the group is for female identifying people, and it is a really supportive group of 
people who like post what they're into and like there are sex workers on it and there are polyamorous people and queer people and you know there's like selfie feel your selfie friday and women post like you can post nudes of yourself as much as facebook will allow you to post a nude um and it's it's just like an open community where like a lot of this is spoken about about like what it looks like and what is out there and there's so much out <laughs> I'm not an expert on this and I can't really speak about it at all, but I'm getting very interested in there's uh, um, some sex educators and somatic healers and sex therapists that, are, that talk about how the, pra- the ideas and practices of BDSM can be useful in everyday life as well as in like potentially healing sexual trauma, any kind of trauma, um, and, um, I just think that it's fascinating, and it just sort of cements the idea that, like, sex can be a transformative experience, and that it doesn't have to be linear, and that it can be a very emotional one that is healing and cathartic, um, and that there... Yeah, I think that's been a big takeaway for me, too. And and I haven't personally experienced this yet because I, I haven't found a partner that I feel comfortable. Like, I've been doing it on my own, that, that a partner that I feel comfortable sharing that with. But, like, that sex doesn't have to just be that idea of, like, procreative, where it's got all going towards an orgasm and that is the finish and everything is leading up to that that it can be meandering and exploratory and like shit can come up and you can hold space for it and you can move through it and then something wonderful can come out the other side yeah sex as exploratory feels foreign mm-hmm. yeah super foreign so I think that's the space that I'm in now and then finding people who are also interested in that or like sort of vibing in that area because I feel like I've gone backwards now to having like dipping sort of back in previous wells and those are not um fulfilling anymore because that type of sex that was fulfilling at that time isn't doesn't resonate anymore Mm -hmm. which is a bummer (laughs) (laughs) for the first time in my life I'm with somebody who is like cares about my pleasure Uh and I feel like I'm not gonna say that people I've slept with before just didn't care but I don't think I was like woke enough in that like feeling like I mattered in the room and just like knowing I was horny and knowing like I wanted to sleep with this person but not feeling able to communicate, not feeling like it it mattered. Yeah. And not being able to be like, "Mm, oh, you you came? Well, like, I'm not done. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or, yeah, being able to vocalize, like, that doesn't feel good. This feels good. This is what I want. Or, you know. All the things in my life that should have been mandatory, and I just had the bar set so low. I know. Well, I think we're taught that. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're taught to, like, diminish our needs and diminish our pleasure because it's not as important. Well, thank God we are fucking canceled that. Burst that door down. (laughs) Thank you so much to this week's guests, Jerry Courtney Austin and M. Westheimer. You're both the best. 
you know what? You should battle for who's the best of the best. Hey, you guys should listen to Jerry's podcast at Finding My Yum. Dirty Girl is produced by me, Heather Ann Gottlieb, along with Cameron Taggy, Tristan Bankston, and Alex Salem. We are distributed by the Hoo Ha Ha Podcast Network. Our logo was designed by Kevin Laughlin. Keep listening, my babies. This has been a Hoo Ha Ha Podcast.